0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring 20s Podcast. Today, we have on with us Keisha Fitzgerald. Keisha is a podcast host, a community builder. She's the founder of the She Goes Company. We are so excited to have her. You guys are going to love her. Her energy is off the charts, magnetic. Keisha, thank you so much for being here with
2: us. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so pumped. This is going to be a really fun conversation. I can't wait. I'm excited. Yes, I can't wait. Before we get into everything, Keisha,
0: Go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from, and how old you are, if you don't mind saying, since it's roaring.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I've moved from the roaring 20s to 31 now, but I've roared through all of the 20s. So I feel like I'm still qualified for this podcast. Yes. Um, so my backstory, and I think maybe a lot of your listeners might be able to connect with this, where I you know, went to school, went to college, got the corporate job, started climbing the corporate ladder, was doing that um, in the greater Seattle area is where I grew up. And um, I had this gut feeling the whole time that I wanted to be doing something else. I actually wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't really think I knew how to be an entrepreneur. I didn't have any inventions. Like I literally had no idea how to get started with that inventions. and become... Right. (laughs) Because we often, you know, become a byproduct of the expectations of our peer group. A lot of my girlfriends, you know, were really happy doing this whole thing where they were working these jobs. They're like, it's okay if I don't love my job and we've got the weekends. And I just felt like that wasn't really aligned for me. And I wanted something more. And what I mean by more isn't that like, being in the corporate world isn't enough, but it, for me, it was more about alignment. It was like, this is not the right path for me. And you know, like when you're on the wrong path for you and it just, you feel it, this like uncomfortable gut feeling. I was trying to shove it down, like, like whack-a-mole, just like pretend like I don't feel this way until eventually I just had to try something else. So my background is I actually started with a network marketing company first on the side of a corporate job. Built that business up. My now fiance and I moved from Seattle to New York City, where he went to NYU Dental School. I worked at Google in corporate recruiting and built this little side business on the side, which blew up and it was super exciting I learned a ton I worked before and after work on this little side hustle and once he graduated we then moved from New York City to downtown San Diego and we have our dog Lizzie we lived in San Diego for a couple of years and then we just recently moved to Austin so the transition was building a business on the side going full-time with that business having that gut feeling come up again saying like is this actually a line for me anymore and um, back in January of 2020, I decided that it wasn't um, any longer aligned with what I wanted to do. So I started She Goes company after um, seeing some success with my podcast, Empower Her, and wanting to cultivate more community and help more women in a massive way. So now we've had the company for a year and a half. We have an online community. I help women start podcasts and grow and scale their podcasts. And Hopefully, soon here we'll be moving into live events. So that's my world now, just kind of trying to figure it all out as I go, as we all are, and being really transparent about all of the ups and downs in the process is something that's super important to me, too. Yeah.
1: My goodness. All that is so great. And I feel like for those of you, if you guys listening right now don't listen to Keisha's podcast, definitely do. It's one that I personally turn to all the time, especially when I'm needing some more self belief. You know, I think you just had one recently about expecting the struggle, expecting the ups and downs, and kind of how to navigate. Those things, because we can so we can get so down on ourselves for not like feeling like we can show up as the best version of ourselves every second. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so in terms of your story, we mentioned your energy is clearly magnetic. I'm sure you get asked about your energy all the time. Um, where do you feel like just the passion that you exude comes from, and how did you really get into podcasting
2: and where you are today? Yeah, yeah. So I started my podcast because. I didn't see a lot of podcasts that felt like they were come with me, let's figure this out together versus look at me, I've got this all figured out. And I think there's this need for that, right? I I think sometimes we get this gut feeling of something that we want to start and we say like, Oh, but other people are already doing that. Or that person is better than me at this. And like, should I even start? But I think when we're gifted a vision for our life, it's our job to figure out how to get out of our own damn way and actually do it because you're, if you're gifted the vision, you're also gifted the resourcefulness. So intuitively I believed that. So when I started empower her two and a half years ago, it was with the idea that I was going to figure out what I wanted to do and I was going to interview really cool people. And I was going to force myself to stay on this personal growth journey and just share really openly and honestly about the journey through the podcast. And from that, I, I, I was evolving a lot as a person, right? I started it. Um, my first intro to the podcast was I was a saucy 29 year old. Um, so at the end of my roaring twenties, I started the podcast and it was, um, it was really powerful for me to figure out a lot of who I was and connected me to so many people. And it, and it forced me to show up and learn how to be more myself because as you guys know, and anyone listening to this, it's like podcasting is such an intimate platform. Like people listen to you naked in the shower. Some people are in the shower right now. They're like listening to us, uh, which is so cool. And, um, so I, I knew that if I was going to do it, I was going to do it my way. And I think a lot of us need to give ourselves that permission that we say, like, this person's already doing it, but it's never been done by you, whatever it, whether it's the blog or the Etsy shop or the podcast or the whatever. So I decided that I was going to suck a little bit when I started because everything that we do, we suck at the beginning. Yes. And then I figured if I put more reps in, I would get a little bit better. And then I would probably get good if I really kept showing up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe if I do it for long enough, I could get great at this. And that was kind of... Kind of my perspective of just bringing people along on the ride, and it turned into you know, now our podcast has geez, um, three and a half million downloads. Incredible. So it's and it created this massive community around it. And I'm so grateful for it. And I, I honestly don't know, um, Brenda, if I answered your question. <laughs> but, but I know you said something about the podcast. You so.
1: absolutely did. Yeah. And it's, it's, it really is so inspiring, obviously, especially for us as podcasters looking to grow our communities and really, you know, believing in our mission and our vision. And we, Julia and I talk about all the time that it's so funny because it's like, it's one of those things where I think when you are truly passionate about something, of course, there's moments when you're going to want more and you're going to want to reach more people, but never once have we looked at each other and been like, this isn't worth it. Or, you know, this isn't enough. Like we just believe in it so much and believe that people need to hear, just like you said, we don't have it all together. We're navigating our freaking 20s. Yeah. <laughs> no, do
0: not have it together. And that's exactly <laughs> why we started the show. And, and and Keisha, why I feel like you are, you align so well with us because I love what you said about the come with me. Like yeah, when yeah. Brenda and I first started this, we felt we were having a couple years ago, we were fresh out of college. We were having these conversations we felt really lost we felt like everybody's timeline was different and we didn't know where we were supposed to be we were having these conversations by ourselves and we're like other people must be feeling this way too like we can't be the only early 20 year olds feeling this way and it has been such a blessing to like you said figure it out with our audience with our guests like we do not have it all together. And that is like the whole basis of this show is that we are just like figuring this crazy time out. So I love what you said about the come with me, because that's, that's what we, cause we were like, we need help. So maybe you guys can get yeah. help with us. Like we're going to get people to get us help. Maybe you can help. Yes. So, we're so excited to have you here to help us. And <laughs> I'm so curious, especially, um, as a piece of the piece of your story that really intrigued me right now, my life was um, these different moves that you had and like Mm -hmm. going both, both from moving locations and also moving jobs, I yeah. think it can be really scary for people to make big changes in their life like that. And during this time in our twenties, it, it's the time when these big yeah. changes are happening. Can you talk us a little bit through like those, those changes, the process, how you navigated, what was the right move at the right time?
2: Yes. Oh, such a good question. So. I actually disattach from the end goal a lot because I think what's right right now might not be right in a year. And I've just kind of um, decided that nothing is permanent, that you can always change your mind. And that's just part of the evolution of going to your 20s, to your 30s, to your 40s. Like we're constantly evolving, especially, you know, women that listen to a podcast like this, like they share that vision that we all have of like we wanna constantly grow. So when I'm making a decision, I always know that I could change my mind and that's the beauty of it, that nothing is actually permanent. So I'm trying things on for size constantly. So it's basically like, I'm going to try this out and I'm going to give it full effort so that I know that I can say I actually tried it and either I love it and it works and I'll keep going. I love it. It doesn't work. And I'm willing to put my reps in to get better or to figure it out so I can keep going. Or I don't like it And then I just know at least, right, that process of elimination. But I think what's really interesting that, you know, the premise of your guys' podcast and even just what you guys are talking about is – It's also really important in this journey to not wish that you were further along and that you had it all figured out. Because for me, even with Shigo's company, like it's a year and a half old that we've had this company. I have a huge vision of what I want to do with it. But if I were to have a magical genie that was like, all right, Keisha, you can get all of your dreams and this vision that you want in a couple of years, you can get it instantly right now. I would not want it because I'm actually not the woman that can handle it yet. I don't have the team. Ooh. I don't have the mindset. I don't have the perspective. So I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not qualified for my big vision yet. And we often talk ourselves out of it because we say, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know how it's going to work out. Whether that's our move from Seattle to New York to San Diego to Austin, whether that's me transitioning out of the corporate world, starting a podcast, starting a company, joining it, whatever. Of course, I'm not qualified to handle the big vision because I'm qualifying myself in the process. Mm-hmm. Like I'm literally learning as I go. We all are. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like if we give ourselves this permission slip that change is always like it's an always constant. We never know what life's going to throw us. I mean, look at 2020 and even this year. Like, what I wanted to, you guys, I wanted SheGo's company to be a live events company. Oh. And we had our first event planned for April. 4 months after launching the company, and I was like, "Curveball. Okay, I guess we're going online." So we had to like roll with the punches, but Even right now, um, I'm in kind of a tough season in my life right now with a family member of ours that's really sick. And I keep reminding myself that you know grit and resilience and character, it's not built during the times that it's rainbows, butterflies, and happy little unicorns. It's built when you do something that you don't know how to navigate yet because you don't have the tools in your toolbox. You don't have the coping mechanisms. You don't have the skills. So I know that there's always this future version of me that I picture like a month from now, three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, that I'm like, she is going to be so proud of the work that I'm putting in right now to figure this out because I'm gifting her more tools in her toolbox so she can handle the inevitable curveballs that are going to come. So to tie that up in a bow, I guess the reason I'm really comfortable with change is because I'm I'm making changes often and I'm learning to trust my own intuition because I just so deeply believe that I can figure it out because everything that we're doing on a daily basis, especially in our twenties and in our thirties, it's like, how can we frame it around building confidence? right? Like doing that thing and just keeping that promise to yourself, like doing that workout, you know, putting that blog post out there, raising your hand in the meeting, having that tough conversation with that, your significant other, whatever it is, like that's all confidence building, which is going to make you feel more equipped to handle change. And that has been like the through line for me and, and everything that I'm like, it's okay. I'll figure it out always.
1: Yeah. Definitely. That's so powerful. And Julia and I have been talking so much about like this idea that there's a greater purpose in everything. And I feel like throughout the past few few months and mostly honestly over the past few months, we've seen example after example that even the things that, that hit us toughest, that hurt us the most, that we don't think will either get past or that we don't really understand the purpose of in the moment, something comes to light down the line. So I feel like it's, it's amazing. After we've experienced that, we see more, we have more and more belief that no matter what comes our way. Something's gonna come out of it. It's like oh,
0: it. um like evidence. Yeah. Right? Oh, I love
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like also I love what you said, um, something along the lines of like there being beauty in the growth. I was just having like a conversation with my my coach, and she was explaining to me that like long story short, there is this this different type of workout that I don't really wanna do because I'm not really like confident in strength training, cardio is what I'm comfortable with. And she was explaining to me like no, the growth is when you are uncomfortable. Like the the future version of you is going to thank you for doing the thing that you felt the most resistance towards because you know it's ultimately going to result in your growth. And I've just been thinking so much about that because I don't when chasing big goals, it's so easy to get caught up in like wanting to feel comfortable and yeah that so it's so so cool but anyway in in the spirit of achieving big goals I feel like a lot of us can turn to self-sabotage to some capacity or another and kind of get in our own way and feel kind of that cognitive dissonance of like okay I'm saying I want to do one thing but I'm acting in another and what the heck is going on so um why do you think that we do self-sabotage and how can we put an end to those tendencies
2: Ooh. That is such a juicy question. So I think for me, I think self-sabotage comes up differently for everyone. But I think for me, it comes up when I'm actually not in alignment, when I'm doing something that someone else, whether that's society or based off of my age or a certain stage in my life or- place in my career where I'm doing something that I think I quote unquote should be doing because somebody else is prescribing that in my own life. Because when it feels unaligned, I think unintentionally, like subconsciously, we actually do self-sabotage, whether that's either we think that we need to be doing something at a certain age. So we self-sabotage this relationship because we think that we need to get married at a certain age or we need to do something like that because there's all these examples of society putting that pressure on us. Mm -hmm. So we unintentionally make it not happen because we don't actually want it. So for the first like question to ask yourself if you're seeing these self-sabotaging patterns come up in your life is like, do I actually want the thing that I'm working toward or did somebody else tell me that I should want that goal or that should be my vision? Because when you can get that alignment, then you can actually raise the necessity to want to show up for it. Because then you can ask yourself the question that's really powerful for me, that's who's going to benefit as a byproduct of me doing this thing? Whether that is even strength training and pushing myself and building more confidence or that is you know, getting out of this job that's not aligned or moving to this new city or ending this relationship or creating some space between someone that I need to, whatever that is, who's going to benefit as a byproduct and who's going to be negatively impacted if I don't do it? Because Mm -hmm. it's that concept of like extension benefit works against self-sabotage for me personally really, really well, where I'm like, okay, if this is actually aligned, all I need to do is just get more skin in the game and raise the necessity to figure out why I keep repeating these patterns because you have to want to change it for you to actually change it right? Versus someone telling you that you need to. So I think it comes back to, you know, asking yourself, is this, is this a true, like, is this truly something that I want to fix? Or is this truly something that I want to do? And if it is, then let's get to the root of this. Okay. How do I need to show up? Do I need more accountability? Do I need more skin in the game? Do I need to call my shop publicly? Do I need to tell people the real reason that I'm doing something and be more open about it? Because when you have those extra pillars of support, I think self-sabotage naturally fades away a little bit. Um, because you just feel, like you want to show up and that's a bigger driving force than those thoughts that are circling in your head.
0: Hmm. You've brought it up a couple times now about that thing of like the alignment thing. And it's something we talk about so much on this podcast and something that I think in this past year, Brenda and I have learned like beyond the amount I think we could have ever seen ourselves learning about it. But how do you have any specific like tips, tricks, tools that you use when it comes to listening to that intuition and really hearing what is the aligned thing for you. I think especially as young women, it's so difficult to sometimes really hear the true voice because of the things that society has taught us or our parents or whoever is telling us what to do, or because we as women are so Often taught to be so selfless, it's yeah. very hard to sometimes list, like really trust that. So, yep. how, what are, what do you use to listen to
2: it? And then once you've heard it, to trust it. Mm, so good. Number one is, I think first understanding that you're not weird and nothing's wrong with you if you struggle with this because majority to your point, right? Majority of women do struggle with this because we are socialized to be people pleasers. We're we're literally socialized, right? Oh, good girl. You did this. You made this person happy, like from a really young age. So I think number one, it's knowing that you're already working against societal standards and pressures. So it's going to feel hard, but Just because, you know, even to Brenda's point earlier, like the resistance, you're, you're growing through that resistance. So I think it's reminding yourself that like, just because it feels hard, doesn't mean that it's not right. It just means you got to work against that first and foremost. Secondly, it's asking yourself if I were to play this out, I like to say like, what if nothing was off limits. What would I want my life to look like? And more importantly, feel like in one year from now, And am I doing things that are getting me closer to that vision or further from it? Because we're never actually just like staying stagnant. We're either progressing or we're we're, we're regressing. Right? So I think what, what is it like that your actual vision is, if you can get the other people's perspectives out of your mind, which means you have to give yourself some sort of space. Everybody is different of how they process. Some people are journals. Um, some people like to verbally process. I like to personally like go for a walk and be outside with my headphones in with no music on
0: Mm. and just
2: like let myself have space to think and actually process. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful. Most of the time, not on
0: purpose. And then I'm like, Oh, that really
2: works. You like hear your feet in the leaves. And so like, it's, it's being outside for me is a really great way to do that. Where then I'm asking myself like, "Who, who, whose story am I adopting? Right? Like we have to be so conscious of these stories that we're telling ourselves in our head. I'm like, is that story even true? Or did I adopt that story from someone else? Like, because I'm a certain age that I should be doing something because I've been at this career path for X amount of years because my sister did this because my, whatever. Right. And when you actually just take the time to actually take inventory on the thoughts that you're thinking and the stories that you're telling yourself, it's very tangible that you can do this and you can literally write it down in the note section of your phone. Like what are the main thoughts that are coming up because your thoughts create your beliefs, which drive your actions and your behaviors. And you are in control of how you feel at every given point and moment you get to control it. And it's all rooted from your thoughts. So when you tangibly find little pockets in your day or in your life to actually have time to think and, and think about those thoughts, which sounds very weird for someone that's never heard that concept before, but literally ask yourself, like, what is my brain saying? Is that true? Would I be proud if I had one of those little like bubble things, like a cartoon over my head? Would I be proud of what like of what everything was saying, right? Would I be proud to say that to my sister? So asking yourself those questions, I think is huge.
1: Yeah, definitely. No, that's, that's incredible. And it's so true. And I feel like Julia and I have been incredibly intentional about we sound like we have it all together. We definitely don't, but we just have been like very intentional about doing just that, about asking like, what am I thinking? And I personally do write down those thoughts in my, in my notes. And I realize that when I'm like conscious of what I'm saying, I'm like, damn I'm mean like I like you don't even realize the stuff that you can really say and I often have to ask myself like what am I actually feeling because it's so much easier to convince yourself that you're thinking one thing almost and then when you actually take the time to write it down you're like oh shoot like it's so much deeper than that but anyways in the kind of going off of what we were talking about earlier with sharing with people that we don't have it all together we have luckily gotten so many tips and tricks in our tool belts now after having so many amazing guests on the show so a lot of our shows now do incorporate those tips and tricks and you know how to navigate the 20s um but we find that from our listeners a big the time when we get like almost the most amount of responses are when we talk about the moments when we truly don't have it all together as we're living it so you did a recent podcast episode where you mentioned that feeling low or feeling off doesn't mean that you're lost and can you elaborate on that a little bit like when people are feeling stuck what are your top like tips and tricks for getting out of a funk and not having like feeling low or feeling emotional or stuff like that have people feel like define themselves as something wrong with
2: them yeah I love this question because I feel like being a human like really being a human is having that full spectrum of emotions, which means like the highs, you appreciate the highs more when you've had lows, right? When you've had off days, you appreciate the things that are going really well. And what I've worked on a lot recently, because I'm not naturally very great at processing negative emotions, I've worked on saying I'm a human, which means that I'm going to experience all of these different emotions. And if I don't let myself get it out, and I try and shove it down, then it's going to come out a really weird way on probably someone that's not very deserving of it. So what I'm doing is I'm telling myself like, Hey, part of being human is that you're going to have days where you feel off. You're going to have moments where you feel frustrated Um, let yourself get that out however you need to. And then to make sure that I don't stay down there, I sometimes will give myself a, a timer. For example, this morning, we're dealing with a lot emotionally right now. And this morning I was like, all right, Keisha, what do you actually need? Not what does my fiance need for me? What do my friends need for me? What does my business need? My community? My family? Whatever. But like, what do you, Keisha need? And full transparency, you guys, this morning I literally sat with my dog on the couch and I cried while watching Netflix for—I'm not even kidding you—like two hours. Sometimes and it felt that. so good. It was like an ugly cry where you're like mascara and your snot get together in your mouth and you're like you're wearing your blue blocker glasses and you're like <laughs> <laughs> like you're just like ugly, right? And I was like, that's what I need right now. Yeah. So instead of trying to seek always feeling happy. I'm not trying to always feel happy. I'm trying to have the full human experience here. So I actually welcome feelings because I think when you fall down, there's sometimes you're supposed to find something when you're down or when you feel stuck, we sometimes label that as bad or we say like, Oh, this resistance, like it doesn't feel comfortable. It's not supposed to. Sometimes you have to get really uncomfortable in order for you to make a change that you need to make, but you wouldn't have made if you weren't that uncomfortable. So I actually welcome all feelings because I feel like I'm either experiencing really awesome highs and I'm great at celebrating, (laughs) or if I'm experiencing something that's undesirable, I know I'm supposed to learn. Like, I know I'm supposed to grow through this because I'm growing through everything that I'm going through. And so are all of us if we choose to look at everything with the lesson perspective. So I don't think I would be as good of a human if I didn't know how to work through those negative feelings too. Um, because I I think there's a lot when you can learn to be compassionate with yourself, you also become more compassionate with other people because you realize you never know what's going on behind closed doors. And being a human is tough sometimes. So I actually want to be able to connect with people as someone who let herself feel all of these emotions. And um, when I'm feeling low. I give myself that permission to feel, but I found that if I do a workout that makes me like really sweaty, that's my go-to's a good pump up jam playlist, like something that I can just like shake my butt to that. I would never want my grandma to hear like that is going to get me going. Um, and then I also am really taking inventory because we know how we fuel ourselves in terms of water and what we're eating. Like if you feel like crap and you're like eating yourself crap, you're going to stay down longer. Oh, yeah. Right? So you're not it's not that we're not going to fall down it's just how are we going to get back up more quickly that's the actual question that I'm asking myself is not trying to avoid down but trying to get back up with more tools
1: yeah that's a really good point and I've been reflecting on exactly that which is why the podcast of yours I listened to was so timely um because I feel like often when we feel down because we're gonna because we're human a lot of people myself included spend more time judging ourselves for being down and wondering why we're down versus trying to figure out the get back up piece which stood out to me from what you 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 said because I respect and acknowledge that so many people do need, like sometimes when you're burning yourself out, you do need to rest. Rest is important. But I love that you mentioned the thing that kind of reflected taking action because I every time that I feel like I fall down and it's few further between nowadays, but I realize sometimes that just sitting on my couch and laying there sometimes is necessary, but staying there for too long almost keeps me stuck longer. Whereas if I were to take action and doing something that fuels me and makes me feel like lit up or like a badass or whatever it is, even if it is a workout I realize I get back up faster because
2: it's almost like I remember what I'm made of you know yeah oh hell yeah and it's also like even giving yourself time limit ridiculously powerful I was like I'm gonna watch four episodes and I and I am not someone who sits on the couch and cries with my dog like yeah. ever it's yeah. just the season and it's funny yeah. because I'm grateful for this season that I'm in while I would never wish this upon anyone what we're navigating right now with a sick family member and everything that we're dealing with but I'm grateful for the season because even when you ask me that question I could tell you full transparency what did I do today versus what did I do the the other day? I totally felt fine Mm -hmm. while navigating this. So it's almost like sometimes reminding yourself that if you're in a major growth season for those that are entrepreneurs that are listening or community builders, building podcasts, or just working really hard on yourself, that some days you can crush it. Some days you can't, and that's actually part of it, right? Is giving yeah. yourself grace on the days that maybe you're not questioned as much as you can, but saying, "Can I take action that's going to get me a little bit closer? Can I make a couple of to do so I get that momentum going?" Mm. And often, um, we're keeping ourselves stuck by by choosing to make a mountain out of a molehill, as someone says on Pinterest. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah I, I I love what you said a, a little bit before about the it's kind of like you you win or you learn is the way that yeah. I will just like you know yeah brought that all together but and, and it kind of also ties back into like the self-sabotaging things of sometimes I feel like fear can be so strong like fear of like whatever you know change is coming or fear of like what might be happening or fear of our letting ourselves feel a certain way can even be so scary like and and sometimes how do I phrase this I don't have the vocabulary for it, but what what do you do in like the face of fear? How do you, when fear is in your face whether it's co- when it, whether it's about, you know, needing to make a decision or needing to face a difficult situation or um needing to come up against emotions that we might feel are scary? What how do you how do you deal with
2: fear when it's right in your face like that? Yeah. So I decided a while ago that fear gets a really bad rap. And so often we say, like, even think about how people frame fear, like kick it to the curb, like punch it in the face, like get rid of fear. I want to be fearless. Mm -hmm. I actually have no desire to be fearless because I don't know about you, but if I'm out in the wilderness and a bear is going to chase me, I want to be scared of that bear. So my adrenaline kicks in and I run from the bear. Or if a car is going to hit me, I want to be scared of being in traffic when cars are coming at me. Mm -hmm. Right. So I actually like the emotion of fear. Mm -hmm. I have to just get more intentional of saying, is this fear an obstacle for me to overcome so that I can prove to myself how capable I am and I need to use this adrenaline to push me forward and make myself really freaking proud proud of like who I am or is this fear signaling to me that it's actually dangerous, right? And when I play out fear, for example, starting a podcast, play it out. Of course, everyone's going to be scared to start a podcast. You're literally putting yourself out there for people to judge you and you're doing it very transparently, very openly in a very vulnerable setting, like through the voice medium, but play it all the way out. That's what I always do. I'm like, okay, well, the worst case scenario is I'm not going to die. Maybe someone doesn't like me or they say that they don't don't like my podcast or they think that it's stupid. Okay, great. But people are going to think that way no matter what I do. So why Why don't, I just do the things that I actually want to do. Right. We
1: talk about alignment a lot. And I feel like something that comes up a lot throughout our twenties is like, well, how can I feel aligned or what even is my purpose? Or we even have friends of ours that I know literally say to us, I want more, but I don't know what that looks like. So for someone that's trying to figure out what the heck their purpose is or how to feel aligned or even what, you know, what their version of wanting more is, what,
2: what would you say to them? I would say, when's the last time that you did something for the first time? Mm. And I would take, I would literally whip out like my calendar and I would say, am I doing anything that's out of the norm? right? Because so often we repeat the same days over and over. We consume the same content. We have the same conversations with the same friends. We do the same things on different weekends, right? And then we wonder why we feel stuck or we don't know what we're doing. Like I would challenge that person to maybe listen to someone who's got a completely different perspective, to reach out to someone on LinkedIn or Instagram, that's doing something that you're mildly curious about, to read an autobiography from someone that you've you know, you would never know their life story, right? To just go to that pottery class, to take that dance class, to sign up for that thing that you don't feel qualified to do. To just try the blog. Why not try the podcast? What's the worst case scenario you try and it doesn't feel aligned? Then at least you actually know. And it goes back to even what we were talking about at the beginning. That's a huge like testimony of, I think like showing up to life fully is being obsessed with the process rather than what the process could produce. Because I know that what I want right now, I'm going to want different things or different versions of it six months from now, a year from now. But instead I'm like, how can I make this season count? How can I savor this stage? How can I make sure that I'm showing up unapologetically through this season with whatever that looks like? And I know that in order for me to feel like I'm making progress. And I'm excited about life. I have to be trying things that I've never done before. I have to be pushing myself. So for me, that involves even like my fiance and I signed up for this thing called 29029, which is Everesting. It's basically like you're hiking up, you're doing Mount Everest, but you do it in kind of like a safer way where you're hiking up a mountain, you hike up, you ride the gondola down and you do it 13 times and it's oh, my and God. do it in 36 hours. It's the equivalent distance of hiking Mount Everest, which <gasps> is 29,029 feet. And we're doing it in eight weeks. Are we Are we trained for this? No. So let's not even talk about that part. But that's the point is, amazing. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome because I am so not qualified to do it, like if I had to do it right now, I am literally not the woman that can climb that mountain 13 times without like, I don't know, injuring myself. So, but I'm excited even talking about it, right? Oh. So maybe there's someone that's like, I've always wanted to be a runner. Well, guess what? You know how you become a runner? You literally run, you start running. <laughs> sign up for that 10K, that 5K, that half marathon, and just do something that pushes you outside your comfort zone because you don't know where it could lead you, right? Yeah. And you guys, the best piece of advice that I was given in my 20s um, from my grandma was when I was in a season where I didn't, I was in a job where I had a really, like, they called it like a golden handcuffs opportunity where I was given this big account that I would have made a ton of money as a 23-year-old which is really hard situation to leave that, Mm -hmm. um, great coworkers, all of this stuff. But I decided to leave and I went down to visit my grandma. I was living in Seattle. I went to visit my grandma in New Mexico and I was like, grandma, I'm so confused. Like, I don't want to do this. What's wrong with me? Why do I not want this job? I just feel like this is the wrong path. Like, am I crazy? Like I was asking her all these questions through an ugly cry, of course. And she said, Keish, why don't you start looking for problems to fix, looking for problems of your own, or looking for problems of other people's. Mm. Meaning, do you want to work for a corporation that solves a different type of problem? Do you wanna be an entrepreneur who solves a specific problem? Or do you have a problem that you are working through that you wanna solve for yourself? And literally three weeks later, I started a side business with a health and fitness network marketing company, which is what was literally the catapult into the network or into the entrepreneurial space for me. Because my problem was I was working at a corporate job where I was not qualified. I was doing as Brene Brown would call hustling for my worthiness because I was trying to show up. I was trying to say yes to all the projects. I was like, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. I'm working like 12 hour days and my health and fitness goals got put on the back burner. So I was like, let me, while I'm trying to figure out what the heck I'm doing with my life, let me just like solve this one problem for myself, which is that I need to find workouts that I could do in my garage. So it's super convenient. And that started down, I mean, that was the beginning of my entrepreneurial path, which was January of 2014. And it was because I started with fixing a problem, right? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I think something that
0: we come up against in this like 20s time is being afraid of changing our mind. I think that a lot of times people we can feel judged for being like, oh, but like you said, you were going to do this career. And now like you're changing your mind and you're going to do this career. Like, because there is so, because we're so present on social media, because there's so much comparison on timeline and blah, blah. I think that we often judge other people and ourselves for, for changing our mind. But Like, like you said, like, it's like what you want, what you want now might be different from six months from now. And that's not something to be shameful for. How did you, how did, how did you re-ascribe that belief? Because so many of us have that belief that you better want what you want right now in six months. So I
2: decided that I believe that how we show up to life is a testimony of what's possible for other people. And it's really hard to be what you can't see. Right. Mm-hmm. So like I told you guys, I wanted this podcast when I started my podcast, I was like, I want it to be a come with me type of podcast because there wasn't enough come with me personal growth podcast, but female podcast. Did you guys know that only 20% of podcast hosts are female crazy in itself? Um, right. Did so not know that in, in itself so cheers to all of us and cheers to any podcasters that are listening to this Woo, we're doing the damn thing um but i i think that i've decided that i just i want to be a representation of what's possible for other people because when i show up for myself and i do change my mind i'm giving someone else permission to change their mind too who's like i know i can do it because i watched her and every single person is that testimony to someone else, even if you don't think about it, even if you don't think, oh, well, I don't have a podcast or I don't post on social media to the listeners you know that might be saying, well, oh, that's good for you. No, but there's people that are in your community that are your friends, that are your cousins, that random girl that you're connected with on Instagram from like third grade. Like those people... Sometimes we need to see someone else go first. So if you're gifted, this like uncomfortable feeling of like, shoot, I do want to change my mind. I was a lawyer, but that's not a line for me. I really want to sell pottery or whatever, right? That you're, it's, it's you showing up unapologetically to your life is not just about you. And when you make it not about you, it's easier to make a change because you're now doing it for the greater good. And when I've put that spin on it, I'm like, it, 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 it's not just me. So I have to do it. Because I need to show someone else what's possible. Like, I I have to. So that reframe, super powerful for me. And I know for a lot of women that feel like they're very um, driven by impact, that that's a powerful fuel to keep showing up and keep being, you know, compassionate with yourself as you change your mind. Because I think that's like evolution. I'm expecting change. I don't think that we're supposed to do the same thing for years and years. And it's so interesting that our parents, you know, they were think of what they were rewarded for and career paths. It was loyalty, like stay at the same company for 15 years. I used to work in corporate recruiting and we were literally told, don't keep, don't bring on someone that has worked at the same company for that long because they're not adaptable enough. We don't actually want to see those candidates because they haven't learned other things. The world is just changing. So those beliefs that you've adopted that it's quote unquote wrong to change your mind. Those might not actually be your beliefs. Those might've been stories that you've decided to make your own. And I challenge you to throw that belief out the door and you've got one shot here. So
1: show up. Definitely. Oh, that's incredible. And I love what you mentioned about expectations. I feel like having appropriate setting appropriate expectations of what you know how you want your life to look and and acknowledging that they will very likely be different from what it is that you expected. I feel like, especially after reading uh, Untamed, hearing all the things Brene Brown has to say, all the personal development things, like all our gurus. Our yeah. gurus. Um, so we've just had to ask ourselves so many questions about like, shoot, is that my belief or is that something someone else told me to believe? So Um, everything that you're sharing is just so incredible and so powerful. Um, And just like on the way to these goals and ever evolving dreams, what would you say, like, how would we know the difference between when, and it's probably individual, but when we should push
2: through hard moments and hard feelings or resistance and when we should rest? Yeah. Oh gosh. I think, I think it's so intuitive if you actually are quiet enough with yourself to Ask yourself and then see what your body – often a lot of us have a visceral reaction where you know what's right, but the block that you're running into is – You're worried about what somebody else is going to think of that action or lack of action, right? Or you're telling yourself, if I wait for long enough, then I'm not going to be subject to other people's judgment, right? It's that those people-pleasing tendencies that come up in the weirdest ways where we're like, well, if I, you know, this analysis paralysis, I'm going to wait until everything's perfect. And then when it's perfect, then I'm going to put it out into the world and then nobody can judge me. That is actually not true. You can have what you, you've you decided is perfect, and perfect is completely up to interpretation. So it's reminding yourself that, like, is the belief under this, like, if I'm really honest with myself, asking yourself why. Like, why do I feel like I don't know what to do right now? why do I believe that? Like asking why several times until you get to like this root, which normally will involve you feeling really emotional because it's something that's much deeper. But when we stop at that pageant layer answer, like I want world peace. Like that's why I'm doing this thing. I want world peace. It's like, duh. Like everybody wants that. Like that's not juicy enough to keep you showing up or to keep you pushing through resistance when it comes because resistance is part of the path towards success um, that for me, what's been really powerful is to just dig to a little bit of a deeper why and to make sure that I'm not telling myself a story that if I wait that I'm gonna be less subject to judgment because judgment is is life, right? And um, then I'm just really conscious about whose feedback is getting weight. And really, I as someone who puts myself out there a lot on social media and through the podcast, I don't let the positive feedback from other people, or the negative feedback get to me that much. Strangers yeah. on the internet who like me, I'm so grateful, of course, I'd rather people like me than not like me, um, or they buy with my content, I'm so grateful for that, that's the impact that I wanna make, but their weight doesn't take as much as someone who really knows me, mm-hmm. right? Um, which means the negative stuff doesn't take as much weight either. So I think sometimes when we feel like we don't know if we should give up or we should keep going, it's because we're letting outside influences actually drive the car to our life. And I'm not taking advice from someone who's not doing the thing that I want to do. I'm not taking marriage advice from someone who has a marriage that I don't want. I'm not taking financial advice from someone who has finances that I don't want. And I'm definitely not taking entrepreneurship advice from someone who is not even an entrepreneur. Right. So. make sure that that's not driving you because I think that's the most common driver, especially in our twenties and thirties, because we're just trying to figure out who we are and that's tough. Yeah. That was one of the biggest
0: pieces of, um, information that I learned this year. Like just what you said about like, don't take advice from someone whose life you don't want to live. Yeah. Because everybody's got an opinion, Yep. but, and it's, and it's, and like what we were saying about intuition before and being aligned, it's, it's very hard to, to, you know, bl- drown out those voices or block out those voices or, or just remove them a little bit so that we can hear ourselves. It's so difficult, but it's, pra- I, I really do believe that it just takes practice. Like, I feel like yes. Brenda and I both have gotten so, so much as, as very much people pleasers for a very long
2: time of our lives have gotten so much better at that. That's, and it's so cool that you guys are sharing that fully and transparently on your podcast, because I bet you there are so many people that listen to this that can connect with that too. And reminding yourself that it's not a conditional thing. You're not always going to have people pleasing tendencies. It's something that you can work through. Yeah. Um, and you guys are living, breathing proof of that, which is so cool. Oh, thank you. Oh my God. We could
0: talk to you literally forever, but we have to wrap up to respect your time, even though like. This has been so incredible. I just, I love every piece of advice you have given so far. And thank you so much for sharing your personal story with us to help us navigate all of this. And now that you are on the other side of the 20s, that now that you're wiser than the rest (laughs) of us, um, if you could give yourself one piece of
2: advice, your 20s-year-old self, one piece of advice, what would you tell her? I would say crank up the volume On being yourself more quickly. Just show up more as you. The person that you are when you're with like your best friend or a significant other and you're super you and you're just really weird, be that person quick, like more quickly. Mm -hmm. Because gosh, life feels so much better when you just start to be a full expression of yourself. And I think there's a lot of you know language out there of like, put your blinders on and don't care what other people think. And I don't believe that that's possible because as humans, we're designed to want to belong, right? We're designed to want to be in community. So of course, we're going to care what other people think to a certain degree. But what happens when you show up really unapologetically as yourself is you start to just care what you think most. And that is an incredible spot to be in. So to 20-year-old me, I would be like, just be weirder, faster. It's so much more fun and fulfilling. I yeah. love them.
1: Oh my <laughs> love that so much. Um, and our last question for you is where can people find you? Where can they find all things regarding to your company, your podcast? Let yeah. us know. Yeah,
2: I love it. Um, so my favorite social media platform is Instagram. You can find me over there at Keisha, K-A-C-I-A dot Fitzgerald. We also have a company Instagram. If you like daily, like motivational quotes, it's at she goes company. My podcast is called empower her. It's a Monday, Thursday podcast. So come check me out. I answer all my DMS. I love to hear what people think um, about the podcast. And thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to connect with you guys. You guys are great. And I'm I'm really rooting for you guys because you're doing some massive things here and I'm excited about it.
0: Oh my God. Thank you so, so much. This has been absolutely incredible. We can't thank you enough for your time and it's just been so much
2: fun. Thank you guys so much. Of
0: course. Bye everybody. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening to Roaring 20s podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring 20's podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us with love, Brenda and Julia.
2: Thank you for listening to Believe.